This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs, donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now, here's Christopher Hart, Rich Jekyll, and Lucy Polito. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And we got the full-on winning combination for you here today, ladies and gentlemen, starting with none other than the award-winning dynamic duo of score, Lucy Polito. Hey, how are you doing today, Lucy? I am doing great and glad to be back. I miss you guys, believe it or not. I cannot even believe it myself, but I did miss you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we're, we kind of wear on you and you get used intro. to it. Yeah, that's it. And then, of course, the other award-winning of the dynamic duo is Rich Jekyll. Rich, how you doing? Christopher, heart and soul. I'm just fine now that Lucy's back. Absolutely. And I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. But, of course, this show is all about you and SCORE and everything SCORE has to offer you. And it's a great organization, been around going on 60 years now. And big news because recently they reopened the doors at the National Entrepreneur Center at the Orlando Fashion Square Mall. And so you can now go in for a face-to-face meeting with the SCORE volunteers and uh, and you can also, of course, call them on the phone. We'll be telling you all about that. But I understand the traffic's been pretty heavy down there, Lucy. Yes. In fact, I went there just to uh, see how it was going yesterday, and it was in good shape. People do show up. We really would prefer, because our hours are not the normal hours, to uh, make sure that if you have a need to see somebody in person, that you kind of make an appointment so that we know we will have somebody there. We're, we're there anyway, but just to make sure that people aren't going to be lonely because, you know, uh, not all offices all over town are open just yet. And we don't want our counselors to be lonely folks. So just be sure you double check and, and make the appointment. Uh, that's right. And uh, that phone number is 407-420-4844. And oftentimes they can answer your question right over the phone or direct you to the answer. But, of course, if you'd like to meet with them, you can do that by setting up that appointment, 407-420-4844. And it's still limited hours at this point. Is that correct, Lucy? Yes, that is correct. We're okay. working um, starting at 10 from 10 to 2. Okay. And so, once again, if you'll call ahead, it'll make things a lot easier on everybody, and you won't find yourself standing around waiting on somebody who maybe did make an appointment. And and then, of course, you have all yeah. the – go ahead, Rich. Yes, Rich. Yeah, uh, I might mention it's, it's the uh, actual office hours that are 10 to 2, but the actual score hours – are uh till five o'clock in the afternoon no no i think it's 10 to 2 10 to 2 for those hours too well how come i work till five we have we have somebody present one of our ladies is there until five o'clock but she's not really a counselor but Uh our counselors are from 10 to 2 well, I want you to know how devoted I was because I stayed right until five o'clock. How about well, that? I, it's about time. It's all I got to say. It's <laughs> yeah, about made time. Up for Besides, about you're very popular. Therefore, you know, there were enough clients 
looking for you specifically. There you so, go. I can understand for, that. That's right. Thank but you for the bowl. But you can still call on the phone and set up the appointment. So uh, yes. all of that you can do at 407-420-4844. And don't forget the National Entrepreneur Center is in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall just off of McGuire there. And if you will go to Orlando.score.org and sign up for the newsletter there, you'll know everything that's coming up at SCORE, any uh, changes in, like, the hours at the offices, and, of course, all the great educational programs they have going on, like the Coffee with the Leader series, as well as archives now of all of those presentations now that they're all being done by Zoom. And soon they'll be done by Zoom and in person, but you'll still be building, have an archive building up there, as well as the archive of these radio shows. All of that at Orlando.score.org, and please do sign up for the newsletter. So once again, you'll know everything that's coming up. And everything that we have just explained that is available at SCORE comes at this grand price of Rich Jekyll. How much again? Oh, I'm so happy to say the F word big time free. (laughs) Absolutely no charge at all, ladies and gentlemen. Never has been a charge for the mentorship program where you get advice, questions answered, counseling from the SCORE volunteers. Never been a charge for that. Uh, There had been a charge, although slight as it was, for some of the educational programming. But right now, thanks to some great sponsors, there is no charge for that either. So once again, please do take advantage of this. If you are an entrepreneur, thinking about being an entrepreneur, know an entrepreneur, SCORE is the place to go. And because they're a national organization, they have offices all over the country. And about how many volunteers uh, about now, Rich? Oh, about 1,900. You mean what? you mean 19,000? 19, 19, there you go. That's I right. I got a decimal point. Was <laughs> yeah. that to wake me up or something? Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> it is uh, about 19,000 volunteers spread around the country. And and if by the there's a chance if there were a chance that the, a volunteer here locally couldn't help you out, they can tap into those other eighteen thousand nine hundred and forty or so, and uh, all around the country and offices all over the place too. And you can go to score dot org to find out about the location of those offices if you want to tell somebody that uh, that you know in a, in a city or somewhere else in the country. So all that at score.org and all the uh, great offerings they have there, too, like Rich was telling you, I think, last week about all the, uh, the uh, templates for business documents that you might need as you're forming a business or, or need uh, certain things to get loans and that sort of thing. So all that at score.org. And uh, speaking of loans, that brings us to our guest today. He's been on the show before. And we're going to talk about the finance, I'm sorry, the economic situation here in Central Florida because he's got his hand, fingers on the pulse, you might say. So uh, from South State Bank, welcome back to the show, Phil Zeman. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Great to be here. Thank you. Go ahead, Rich. What was that? He threw caution to the wind once again. How about that? He sure did. Uh, stepped off right off in it. Real quick, though, uh, Phil, give uh, it's the, the brief once over again, because we've got new listeners since you were on the show last. Uh, tell them just a little bit about yourself and South State. Sure. Um, again, my name is Phil Zeman. I am the Community and Economic Development Relationship Manager at South State Bank, formerly known as Center State Bank. We just completed a merger over the Memorial Day weekend, and it was really it's the largest uh, transaction for both organizations. We both were around 17, 18 billion. And uh, there in the, there are three states of North Carolina, South Carolina, 
and Virginia, and we're Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. So it really, if there ever was a merger, a perfect merger of equals, we are it. And um, so we're still working through the final stages of the, the merger, but it's going to be a, a great organization. The management team of both had shared cultures and uh, just hired great people. So we're looking forward to, you know, getting back to uh, work as normal. And obviously the pandemic has, you know, kind of slowed things for everybody, but uh, hopefully we're coming out of that and we'll have our merger behind us in the next month or so and be back to normal. So it's a good place to be. Okay. Uh, what's the website again? South State? It's www.southstatebank.com. Southstatebank.com. Just spell it all yep. out, just like that. Southstatebank.com. And you had you did I hear you say you had branches uh, all over Central Florida now? We do. We have. Um, we're all through Central Florida. Actually, we're from the Keys all the way up to Jacksonville along the East Coast, and up through Tampa, north of Tampa, Gainesville, Ocala, and we're even in the Panhandle too. So we, we got the state covered pretty well. And then here in Central Florida, I think we have about eight or nine branches. And spread out from Groveland to the west, uh, down through Osceola County. I mean, if you take the whole region, including Volusia and um, Seminole County and Brevard, we have a pretty good footprint in, in all of those regions right across the state. So our specific market is Lake County to Volusia, down to Brevard, Osceola, and um, that whole market is what we concentrate on. That's a pretty good presence for the state of Florida. It really is. In fact, this that region is the biggest region for the whole company. And as such, we're uh, really focused on growing it, not only just because we're that's the biggest region in South State Bank, it's the most happening place in the region, Central Florida. There's so much going on. And, um, you know, that's why that position was created that I have, Community Economic Development Relationship Manager, so that we could have a little deeper dive and uh, be a better community partner than we have been. We've always been, banks are generally very good community partners, but we felt there was an opportunity to take it a step further and, you know, get real close with these nonprofits and community development organizations and see what else we could do from a lending standpoint. So that's what I've been working on over the last year and a half or so. Lucy. Yeah, Phil, I'm curious are, are you folks going to concentrate mostly on commercial type lending or real estate or personal lending or all of the above yeah i to say all of the above is a cliche but it really truly is because just to give you an example we had kind of a we had we did not have a big emphasis on mortgage lending here in central florida we were growing it over the time but with the acquisition or the merger of South State, they bring a whole mortgage group. Plus, we just brought in a mortgage group from uh, another organization that really is going to enhance that part of it, right? And then as far as small business lending, we have been building a, a business lending express BLE uh, program, which makes it a little bit more automated. It's You're still going to have a personal contact with a relationship manager, but it's a quick turnaround. So we, we knew that it needed to be you know quicker to the market and more efficient with our customers. So we developed this 
process about three or four years ago, and it's really come together with this particular acquisition, or I keep saying acquisition merger, right. with South State because they have a similar program. So we're focused okay. on, answer your question, Lucy, okay. small business lending, mortgage lending, and then we also brought in a, a middle market group to capture the, the larger corporations. So we really okay. are focused right. on trying to be more than they all. All right, well, we'll, we'll uh, stop right there and pick it up on the other side because we're just out about, a, about out of time in this segment. So we will be right back with more of What's the Score. Okay. Okay, we're back. We are What's the Score? Rich Jekyll, Lucy Polito, great volunteers at SCORE, along with myself, Christopher Hart. Our guest today, Phil Zeman of South State Bank. You'll find them at southstatebank.com. And just as we were going into the break, you were describing the type of loan packages, and I believe you said this was a new program started just about four years ago. Would you like to sort of pick it up where we left off? Sure. Yeah, uh, one of my colleagues... Matt Vetker really led that charge and it's um <clears throat> he really built it from scratch. I mean, obviously we had a committee that helped him put it together, but uh at the end of the day we have a, a kind of an automated process for our lenders and branch folks and you know, out meeting with the clients so that we can efficiently upload the documentation and, and the application in a pretty quick way so that we get some quick turnarounds. As a matter of fact, I was the first one to do. I did the first loan as nineteen or two thousand eighteen, I think, and I literally submitted the package in the morning. And we, this is a business loan. This is a line of credit, line of credit for a business. We inputted the, I inputted the the data in the computer in the morning, and we literally closed the loan that afternoon. And that totally unheard of. That is. And so we focus on that for loans under $500,000. And so um, it's gone really well, needless to say. So, again, the merger with South State, they had a similar type program. And we kind of are blending the two together. And it's just making a powerhouse organization relative to being able to deliver those type of products to the small business community. That's wonderful. Hey, Lucy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have another question. You know, very frequently, some of our smaller businesses are looking for financing. Uh, and I know that they've told me on several occasions that when they go to a bank, uh, they normally won't make a, a loan less than, I don't know, fifteen to $20,000. Is that true of your bank also? Or what is the minimum you would uh, lend? I think that program, well, we, we've gone to 25000 so probably 25000 Okay, so if somebody needs $10,000 or something, don't even bother to go to your bank. Well, we can do it, a personal loan on that, you know, okay. kind of a signature type loan. I mean, if they, well, if they qualify for a $10,000 loan, we're going to give them a $10,000 loan. Some, however, we slice or dice it, we'll be able to grant them the credit if they qualify for it. So I, I would not say that in that case, I would not say there's a minimum because if they have a need for $10,000 and they qualify for it, we'll figure out a way to do it, whether it's through the business or in the individual name or whatever the case may be. Okay. The, uh, the new thing or a lot of the 
uh, new businesses uh, start out for seed money, they'd use home equity loans and that type of thing. How do you do with that? It's still the same. I mean, you know, you know, I do the funding your business workshop through SCORE, and I always get that question. You know, banks don't lend money until you don't need or and they'll only lend money if we don't need it, right? And um, obviously that's not the case, but, you know, our risk profile is not startup companies. I mean, we're, you know, we're lending depositors money. We're lending the government's money, which is, you know, consumers' money, the taxes they pay. But so we have a obligation to be prudent and we would love to. And I mean, that's to be honest with you, that's why I'm so involved in all these different organizations is I want to help. I want to be able to re- at least refer these startup companies somewhere because if, and I can get a pretty, I have a pretty good sense of if a entrepreneur is going to be successful or not. And even though we can't help them in that early stage, as far as lending, we should be able to have partnerships with other community organizations that help small businesses. And we do, we have score and starter studio and some of these others that can help them out. So uh, that's what I committed to do. As you, you may not know, I, I'm in my second career of banking and in between my first and second, I was an entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm very empathetic to, to the early stage startup type company having been there. So when I got back in the second time, I made a commitment to make sure I understood all the resources that are available in the business community so that I can, you know, at least guide them in the right direction so that they are able to advance to the next stage in their business. Good. Good. Okay. So you guys are getting really involved, carrying on the tradition of center state and getting uh, involved with the community. That's really where, I mean, that's one of our core values really is to, is being involved in the community because we know that without the community, we wouldn't be here. Right. And so it, it's always been center state's focus to be involved in the community and, you know, when I, like I said, when I got back into banking and got with center state, it, it was a perfect marriage from my perspective, because it's really the first bank that I've been at that really has that commitment and really, you know, walks the walk versus just talking about it. I mean, I'm looking outside my office right now and virtually all my colleagues, every single one of them are involved in some community organization. And, and it's not because we're told to, it's just the culture and, and they hire folks that have that same commitment and same level of uh, understanding of the importance of being involved in the community. So it's been a great, it's been a great ride. That's great to hear. Lucy, did I see your hand back up again? No, but, but it's, it's wonderful that we, there is a, a bank that is really committed to the small business really at the end of the day. I, I know that if a large business approaches you, you of course you're going to take it. But I mean, I know from knowing what you've done in the past, you are very committed to the smaller businesses. And, you know, it's nice to know there is a bank that really caters to that group of people because sometimes, you know, small businesses have a tendency to grow and eventually they will become uh, big businesses or middle-sized businesses. And then they will be faithful to the organization that loaned them, you know, loaned the hand. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's very important. It's very important. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's, it's really just, it's just the right thing to do. You know, I mean, you're, you're in business, you're in a community. I mean, we're all, the more we help each other, the better off our whole ecosystem is going to be. So to me, 
it's always been a no brainer. I mean, I've always been involved with things like this because it just is the right thing to do. All right. Right. And Before I forget. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you're a score counselor. What seminars are you teaching these days? I'm doing the funding your business one. That's the one I, I've been doing for pretty yeah, much. Like, I came on board. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you know? It's really, it's, it's starting to evolve more because I having, I'm also involved with starter studio. And so I've been, I've been, uh, I've been exposed to the investor community a lot more as well. So it helps me not only doing the workshop, but helping counsel some of the businesses, because now I know what our investor community is like, and it's become, it's real. We do have a real investment community where I couldn't say that five years ago and it's growing. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of exciting things that's going on in central Florida. And once again, uh, the presentations that Phil has made, you can find in the archive at orlando.score.org. And as, as as other presentations come along, you can sign up for them at orlando.score.org. And all of that's so easy to do. And, of course, you'll get a great newsletter going on telling you everything that's going on at SCORE. And once again, if you'd like to make an appointment at SCORE, it's 407-420-4844. And then for South State Bank, it's southstatebank.com, southstatebank.com. And... Uh, you mentioned the starter studio. Some folks may not know what that is. Uh, if you could just brief us real quick, Phil, on what that's all about. Sure. sure. I, I think I think I had Lillian Myers on here a, a few months or maybe a year ago. So, but she's the executive director. But starter studio, I think, is around eight or nine years old now. And it's it's evolved greatly over, over the years, if you can imagine. I mean, uh, it was it was uh, three organizations, a funding organization, uh a workspace organization, and then an accelerator that provides programming to these companies, depending upon what stage they're at in their startup cycle. So, however, they've evolved to the point where they really are just focusing solely on programming. And I'm the incoming chair, so I, I spent a lot of time over the last three or four months really understanding, you know, what the opportunities are for growth with this organization because we're a we're a partner, uh, South State Bank is of Starter Studio. So, um, you know, I need, I need to know, make sure we're, I'm making sure our dollars are invested properly. But I've come away with it, come away from there, really committed to the fact that they have a great value in the ecosystem here. So what they are is they, they've narrowed it down to just programming. So they have three, they call them cohorts, which are kind of sessions that, businesses start up or sign up for. And so there's three of them. And one is the idea stage where, which is basically that is businesses come in, there's a facilitator, and then there's mentors, folks in the business community, former or other entrepreneurs, other, you know, experienced business people come in and help monitor or help mentor these early stage ideas, these entrepreneurs come up, they might have a great idea for the next widget, but they don't really know how to take it from there. So that's the idea stage. And then you have the growth stage where they've solidified their idea into a product or service. They've started um, doing some test models. They've, uh, we've through starter studio, through the mentors have helped them identify a customer base. So their product has been 
uh, introduced to the market. There's customers that are responding favorably. So we help them go from that stage to a, a level of being prepared to scale it, scale that product or service beyond, you know, just local community. And then within that same thing, you, you're assigned a mentor. There's a facilitator that works as a program each week for eight to 10 weeks, depending upon the program. And then once you complete that stage, if you've satisfied certain benchmarks, then um, we introduce you to the seed stage, which is basically getting you ready to go to the investor community, you know, helping you with your pitch, introducing you with seed investors, things like that. So it's a, I've been totally impressed and my eyes have been open over the last three or four months that I've been spending time with starter studio and really seeing what they do and sitting in on some of these programming is quite impressive. And it, it really falls in line with everything that's going on in central Florida relative to the ecosystem, because there's a, there's a big emphasis on tech and that's where starter studio kind of focuses on the tech in the tech world. I mean, you think about it, every business today is fueled by some kind of technology. So somebody told me about four or five years ago, he said, you don't, you don't work at a bank. You work at a technology company that provides banking services and products. Okay, Phil, I'm tell you what, we're going to have to take a break at this point. We'll pick it up on the other side and we come right back with more. What's the score? We're back. We are What's the Score? Once again, we're speaking with Phil Zeman of South State Bank. You can visit them at southstatebank.com. Try saying that three times real fast. Southstatebank.com. And, of course, we've got Lucy Polito and Rich Jekyll of Score here. I am Christopher Hart. And, once again, please sign up for the Score newsletter. At least go to the website, and that's where you'll find all the great stuff the Score's doing. That's orlando.score.org. And if you'd like to call ahead and make an appointment to meet with a counselor at Score. You can do that by calling 407-420-4844, and the doors are open in the National Entrepreneur Center and the SCORE offices. Limited hours, but the doors are open again. And the doors are open at South State Bank, and Phil was just explaining uh, the things that the South State is doing, and as well the starter studio that he works with, and he also does the funding your business presentations for SCORE. And you know when the next one's coming up on that, Phil? Is it Anytime soon? It's uh, the last Thursday, and uh, I think last one I did was July, so I think it's September. Okay. All right. But anyway, you can go to Orlando.score.org and find out and sign up for that. Lucy, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, going back to um, your involvement with Starter Studio, is there a cost uh, affiliated with this? I mean, if I had an idea or I'm starting a business or something like that, and can I come to you and is there a fee or something uh, that is charged to me? Yeah, the, the idea stage, I think, is 400 and the growth is 750 and the the um, seed the idea is 450, 750 for the growth and then seed is 1200 or something. But a lot of times we help them get scholarships through sponsors 
businesses that are partners with us. So we try everything we can. If for whatever reason that they're not able to fund that, we we help fund it. Okay. All right. Uh, just uh, real quick, let's talk about a little bit about how how business has been at South Stank because that would probably be an indicator of how things are going here in Central Florida. So, can you give us uh, yeah. a little bit of a lowdown there, Phil? Yeah, you know, and you got it. I got to backdrop it with just the last year and a half what it's been like because we've been in a period that we've never been in before with the PPP loans, right? So when uh, the COVID came about, uh, the government came out with a great program, but nobody really knew how to execute it. So we spent a lot of time in the front end, March, April last year to get that the, the system up and running so that we could, could accommodate the volume. And we finally got that going. So PPP2 this past year has gone a lot smoother. We're now in the forgiveness stage, right? So really the last year and a half has been focused on really helping our our customers and, and other firms. We we at, Center, at South State Bank had a, a special standalone initiative for minority-owned businesses because they were kind of left behind during PPP one. So we we set up a separate program and uh, really I think a lot of banks did too. But I was directly involved with working with these um, minority-owned businesses, and it just was amazing that the stories that you hear how they. They didn't know how to do it, right? And so we were doing an outreach program to do that. But the story of it is, you know, now we're in the forgiveness stage. So we're, we're helping those businesses get their loans forgiven, making sure they, you know, spent the money the way they were supposed to spend it. But, you know, and we're now starting to get back into our core regular day in and day out business, doing loans and servicing our clients. And there's been some hum- humongous pent up demand. So we've been extremely busy. Um, getting back in business, you know, and fortunately, you know, depending upon what news you hear, you know, obviously the pandemic was starting to cease and, you know, is starting to get back business as normal. And then now we have this other strain. So we're just hoping, praying that it doesn't kind of re- reinvent itself. But um, it's the business has been crazy busy with our customers growing and things like that. And the PPP loan was a godsend. It really did help the businesses get from pre pandemic to where we are today. And because of that, a lot of businesses have been, have been able to sustain themselves and, and frankly grow. And so we've been busy to answer your question. And that's the same thing you folks have been, you and Rich and Lucy have been seeing at score, right? Rich, nod your head. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of well, that. We certainly have seen the volume of of people. I mean, it has been considerably more than we ever expected for a situation like we just had. So, I think things are moving along reasonably well. What's uh, I think that was a, a really good use from the business community of that loan, the PPP loan. Yeah, it, it it really was, and just to just to be on the front line and see the impact that it had. Because if you think about it, m- most all businesses had no clue how what's going to come next. Right? They didn't know the impact, how long the pandemic was going to be, the impact on their business, and so rightfully so, 
every even us. I mean, we were like, oh my gosh, what is going on, and how are we going to navigate through this? And you know, the government really did step up and. They put together a great program. We had to figure out how to execute it, which took a little bit of time. It was a little clunky on the front end, but we all figured it out. And and just to see the the relief that businesses have yeah. had by getting that kind of created a whole another level of optimism, you know, that, man, we can make it through this. And, you know, as the pandemic started to kind of slow down, People were just starting to get excited, and business was starting to come back to normal. And so, it's been an it was it's been a really interesting year and a half to to experience banking. Oh, yeah, say the least. I think it's, Lucy. I I think it's also been a good lesson for everyone. At least speaking for myself, anyway. I I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from this experience. Um, certainly, for instance. Small businesses, I was very surprised how many small businesses do not have their act together, really, when it comes to paperwork and some of the things that are needed to even see how well you're doing in your business. I think people that have a small business get so involved in the day-to-day stuff, they forget to really look at their business and where they're going and what they need and so on and so forth. And the fact that they had to fill out all this information for the PPP loan, I mean, I was amazed how many people we couldn't help because they didn't have the right information. So, you know, that's something we ought to talk about at SCORE, as a matter of fact, to maybe get people and maybe, uh, Phil, you can help us out since you were the receiver of some of this stuff to make sure that people have the right documentation because you never know. I mean, nobody expected a pandemic, so people weren't ready for this. And there's been, I'm sure, a lot of businesses that have been in business for a long time who didn't really pay attention to any of this stuff. And yet, look at how important it was. A lot of people couldn't qualify because they didn't have the right documentation. Yeah. You make such a very good point, Lucy. And and I think this is a great opportunity for SCORE to um, get put some kind of program together to help businesses understand Yep. You need this information all the time. And it needs to be, you know, A, B, C, and D. You need to have at least the basic information and score could be great added value in that regard. Yeah. I think, you know, we try to teach that in our classes, but I don't think people really pay attention to it so much. Maybe now, after gone through this process, people will pay attention. So it'll be yeah. good to go back and kind of reinforce it. Yeah, I think it's a wake-up call. Yep. Okay. Once again, we're speaking with Phil Zeman of South State Bank. You can visit them at southstatebank.com. Plus, they actually have brick-and-mortar branches all all over the state, as a matter of fact. So uh, you can take advantage of their great services. Uh, Now, Phil, what what would you say is uh, driving this economy here in Central Florida? Because... Obviously, the tourism section the sector is not back up to speed. What what else is driving? And you know, I even saw where now that some of the convention uh, center clients are beginning to cancel again. So, what's really the driver behind all this hot business activity? Yeah, it's um, you know, probably know, ten years ago or so. I mean, maybe longer than that the community always knew that we couldn't just rely on tourism. And, and so there's been a great emphasis and a lot of it came from, 
you know, I'm, I'm involved with the OEP, the Orlando Economic Partnership. And I remember when I came to town in 2012, they were constantly, we were telling each other that we're starting to get some good talent out of the colleges. We got some, you know, great uh, programs. We got defense contractors. We got a great simulation industry here. Um, but the investor community does not know that. So that was what was kind of keeping the like the startup community from really starting to take off. So there's been a tremendous emphasis by the business community of really simply telling the story of what is here in Orlando. And there's also been an emphasis on the colleges to, you know, have more programs along the line of technology. And so we're starting to have we're starting to be recognized nationally as a, uh, a really good source of talent where you couldn't say that 10 years ago. And I was just at a meeting right before I came here uh, at OEP and they were telling us, Tim Giuliani, who's the CEO there was telling us about a company that they got, they recruited from uh, San, Santa Monica in California and it was going to create a thousand jobs and it was technology related. And I was like, well, how did, what was, you know, that's a pretty good win, but how did, how did we get it? Why did Orlando win out? And, you know, they, the company's heavily in the simulation and we have a great simulation simulation industry here, but it was really the talent that okay. they recognized here in our footprint. Okay. So, All right. Well, let's know. let's hold it right there because we're out of time in this segment, but we can pick it up on the other side because we've got another segment to go here today with What's the Score? So don't go away because we're coming right back with more of What's the Score. We are back. We are What's the Score, and we want to thank you once again for tuning in and telling your friends and family about the show. We really do appreciate that. And before we get back to the conversation, I once again want to remind you one of the best ways to cut through all the clutter out there and get your message to a mass audience in a loud and clear fashion is via the radio, just like what you're listening to right now, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to it, it means a lot of people are listening to it. And as a business owner, you can take advantage of the mass audiences here in Central Florida by coming to the Salem Media Group Orlando with a couple of great stations, powerful signals, FM simulcasting. They can really get your message out there. And just give them a call at 407-618-1760. And they also have Salem Surround, so they can help you integrate with your social media platforms for a truly coordinated, uh, shall we say, approach to your marketing and advertising. So call them at 407-618-1760. And that is Salem Media Group Orlando. And uh, tell them that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hart sent you, if you would, please. I am Christopher Hart, along with Rich Jekyll and Lucy Polito, our guest today, Phil Zeman of South State Bank. And you were just describing how uh, 10 or 15, 20 years ago, we would have been really in bad shape being here in Central Florida because we were so over-reliant at that time on the tourism industry. Not as reliant. Obviously, it still plays a major role in the local economy. But uh, as you were explaining, it has diversified over that time. Yeah, it really has. And it, it, it was a, it was a deliberate, deliberate initiative by, 
you know, not only organizations like OEP, but, you know, our municipalities, uh, Mayor Deming and Mayor um, Dyer are real pro business friendly and they understand the importance of, I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, we, need, we needed to diversify. We couldn't keep relying on the tourism industry. Just think if we did it. If we did, this pandemic would have totally devastated Central Florida. And so it's been a really focused effort over the last you know, 10 or 15 years to really diversify. And, you know, I think we can say confident, confidently when we go to other parts of the country that Central Florida has talent. Um, and we have, you know, the defense contracting industry, the space industry. I mean, there's a lot of good things that are starting to kind of all come together at one time to be able to tell the story of Central Florida other than being just Mickey Mouse. So, and I think it's the, the proof is in the pudding, you know, that we've had a couple of companies recently that went public luminar who is the cutting edge technology for autonomous vehicles. All that works done right here in, in central Florida It's technically head, headquartered in um, Silicon Valley, but the chief technology officer, Jason Eisenhorts is here and he's the one that really created that technology. And there's 300 staff members here that is by and large 90% of their staff is right here in central Florida. They just went public. And so we're starting to get on the map and which attracts more capital, which really helps is really what fuels it from that point on. So that's been kind of the initiative. We've been able to build up the, the talent. We got the industries and we just got to get the capital here. So that's slower to come, which it normally is. It's usually the last indicator or the last, the last piece of the puzzle that gets put in, put into it, but we're starting to get recognized. And that's where I'm, you know, being exposed to that with Starter Studio because that's what we're trying to do with the companies that come through Starter Studio is get them access to capital. So it kind of is full circle. Did I understand you to say that driverless car technology is being developed right here in Central Florida? The, the technology, yep. You can look at it. It's, well, uh, if, they could, if they could survive I-4, then they'll survive anything. <laughs> uh, that's uh, fascinating to know, though. And it just goes, yeah, it is. So, Luminar. That's their uh, stock symbol is, is LAZR. Okay, LAZR for you investors out there in the audience. And this is, uh, as you say, though, this is a fairly recent phenomenon, but I predict, I, I guess you would predict that this uh, sort of shift to technology based economy here is going to continue. Yep. It's, I mean, of course. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, I was just out in Denver, Colorado. My son lives out there this past weekend. And I mean, it's the same. The ecosystem is there. It's all technology related. And um, yeah, I mean, it's here to stay. And, you know, everybody's trying to figure out if they're not in the tech space now is how to get their company. Because they're all, I mean, what is technology? It's just tools to, to do your job better or make your product more efficient. And so um, it's, it's the way of the world for sure. What about the manufacturing that goes along with that? Uh, is that growing here in Central Florida? I know there is a base of that here anyway. There is a base of that. And, you know, we're trying to keep it made in USA. Um, so, I mean, that's that gets into a whole different level, but because of the costs and things like that. But there is a, a bunch of it is made here, but obviously there's a lot of widgets that are made abroad and um so that's kind of the balancing act how do we keep it here but still make it profitable so it's can be marketable type of thing so those are all day challenges 
Rich, did I did you did I see you raise your hand? No, I I just think that's pretty impressive that they're located here, Luminar. Yeah, it is. I've I've they were out in California. They um it's pretty impressive, frankly. I've I've been to a couple exhibitions and presentations that Jason made and um, you know, it was always cool that it was here and that we knew that autonomous vehicles is gonna be here at some level, some point in the future. But uh, until it went public and I saw him standing, you know, at the desk on the NASDAQ desk, did I realize, wow, that happened right here in Central Florida. Yeah. Are you seeing companies uh, migrating to Central Florida because, because of this? Starting to, yeah, go ahead. You know, just in general, I mean, just in general, just the pandemic has kind of helped that along as far as just regular consumers. But, yeah, you know, we're but, you know. Central Florida has done a great job marketing Central Florida. I mean, OEP is, you know, you don't know half the story. You know, half the story is, is Disney, but you don't know the other half. So that's what they're, that's been their marketing um, strategy over the last few years. But, you know, Tampa is doing a great job as well. Jacksonville is doing a great job. Central or South Florida is as well. And I think that, you know, we have a tax friendly state. So I think naturally, a lot of companies look at Florida just to see if it makes sense for them. And then once they say, well, there's no taxes, let's take a look at it. Then you got to come down to each community and see what resources are available to support their infrastructure. So that's where our focus has been in central Florida is make sure that, you know, when they come or they and visit, they can see that they're going to be able to have access to the talent. Um, a lot of existing companies aren't so much, you know, in need of capital per se, but uh, they really are more interested in, you know, the type of resources that support their industry and the talent that's ongoing to support their employment needs. So we have that now. And so that's been evident in a lot of these companies that have relocated. Lucy, does the score see that or have a measure of like businesses that come here that were already already established elsewhere that, that came to Central Florida, say? I'm not sure that we in Orlando have that, to be honest. So I don't know. Maybe Rich knows more about that than I. I, I don't know that for a fact. Okay. okay. All right. Just was just 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 curious. Just curious about that. Um, we just have a couple minutes left here, Phil. So uh, is there anything that, that, that worries you on the horizon or there's a sort of a barometer that you're looking at to sort of judge where we go from here? Yeah, I do. Um, when I took this role, they we were assigned a project because it had happened the same time that the merger was announced. And so we, you know, South State and Center State came together in the community area and they were, we're going to communicate. We're going to share each other's, you know, markets. So we knew more about their market and vice versa. Anyways, I guess I got hooked on this uh, affordable housing uh, study. And the more I read about it, the more I was like, amazed at how significant the crisis is. And, um, and in, and the good news is, you know, Mayor Deming put together a task force for it and they're starting to see results of that. There's a organization called central Florida housing impact fund that's being put together. And a lot of banks and philanthropists and municipalities are going to help fund this fund so that it'll bridge the gap for development. So developers will build more affordable housing, but 
that is a crisis. And if if things like the Central Housing Impact Fund don't happen, it's going to continue to grow. And I, if if nothing's done in the next ten or fifteen years, we'll, we'll have some kind of revolution because it's just it's truly an indicator of where we're going relative to the haves and haves not. And it's amazing to me, 47% of all renters here in central Florida are cost burden, which basically means if they get a flat tire or a stove breakdowns or something like that, they're, they don't have the money to pay those expenses and they're not going to be able to pay the rent. So it's just, it, it was amazing to see the significance of it. And, and I just, everywhere I go, I try to talk to people about it because we, it's going to involve all of us to be participating in it in some form or fashion if nothing else, just being a voice to the politicians to make sure those funds are getting allocated. I mean, a classic bad example is the Sadowski fund at Tallahassee gets raided every year and it was funded and it gets funded every year for affordable housing. And, and then politicians rate it for other, yeah. other Any, needs. Anywhere there's a pot of money, a politician's going to get his hand stuck in it. Exactly. Lucy, I see you have a question, but we're just really out yeah. of time. So if you just want to make a quick comment, well, just quickly, I, I, I want to understand that. Are you saying the cost of housing in, let's say, Orlando? Is that it? All right. Ten sec- ten it's sec- not only the cost of housing, it's the salary of, of Disney workers. I mean, the, the gap of cost versus income is like getting wider every single day. Is okay. that true? Okay. Apartments right. also? Well, we just yeah. have, okay. We have to leave it at that point right there because we're just flat out of time today. But Phil, I know we're going to have you back in the future. You're always a wealth of knowledge and we really appreciate it. Phil Zeman of South State Bank. Once again, that's southstatebank.com. And don't forget to go to orlando.score.org. Sign up for the newsletter so you'll know everything that's going on there. And of course, this show will be archived there as well as all of the other Phil's funding your your business presentations. So until next week, that's going to wrap it up for What's the Score? Whenever.